Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Mark Vandermeer in a few moments. Play by play call of the day. Giancarlo Stanton clears them. And the 2 2. Swung on and hit in the air to deep center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. It's a grand slam. A Stantonian home run to blow the game wide open. On a 2-2 pitch, he drove the ball to dead center and out. Giancarlo. No si puesto parlo. He hits a grand slam, and the Yankees now have a 9-3 lead. John Sterling is only John Sterling can call it. Last night at Petco Field in San Diego, John made the call, by the way, in New York. He was not there. All right, somebody who actually is there, he's, I believe it's one of eight NFL radio crews that are traveling this year, and that's Mark Vandermeer. Uh, Mark, welcome back. Great to have you with us, my friend. Great to hear you. Steve, it's great to be on. And full disclosure, uh, we did one of these uh, from the uh, home site uh, where we were looking at it on the monitors, which is a very bizarre thing. I don't know if you're doing it like that, but uh, we had the all-22 feed, and it really wasn't as bad as I thought. But obviously, there's nothing like being there personally. So that's the way I'd like to do the rest of them. Yeah, Jack and I have put in the request to do it that way. We're still waiting word on it. So we'll find out probably before the week is out. All right, so let's get to Billy. Um, no one has more wins in the history of the, the franchise that's above 500 than, than Bill O'Brien. Uh, and the schedule to open was about as tough as you get in the NFL. But was there a sense on your part that things weren't quite clicking for you early? Well, I think that, you know, if I just look at what's on the field, right, they have a lot of talent, and I know there's a lot of controversy about the moves they made in the offseason and trading DeAndre Hopkins and everything, but it's not like they brought slouches in to fill those gaps, you know. It's kind of like uh, the line in Moneyball where they're talking talking about replacing Giambi, and Brad Pitt says, we're not going to replace him, we're going to recreate him. You know, so they're trying to recreate DeAndre Hopkins with Brandon Cooks and Randall Cobb, and these are outstanding professional football wide receivers, right? I mean, Cobb is just terrific in the slot, and he's the kind of slot receiver that O'Brien always wanted, and Cooks is a world beater. I mean, he's really good. I mean, he might not be a top five guy in the league, but he's right up there, and you think about it, he's been traded for a one, a one, and a two in his life, and uh, for whatever reason, it hasn't worked out at his uh, previous destinations, and it's not because of his character or playing ability. It's usually cap reasons or whatever, but anyway, they have a lot of talent, and they're underachieving, and I think that's it right there. You know, had they been winning these games, there's no question O'Brien's still here, but they made such aggressive 
monumental moves in the offseason and over the last year in general, and then they open up 0-4, and, and it just doesn't seem like the players are with them anymore. And I say seem like it because those are always, a, you know, that's always a tough thing to read, but I believe that's where we are, and that's why Cal McNair made the move to move on from Bill O'Brien immediately and go to Romeo Cornell and try something else. How tough was it? How tough is it for anybody in this league? Because you've been in this league 18 years. How tough is it in this league to actually have both jobs? Of you know, despite what Bill Parcells says about buying groceries, how difficult is it in this league to buy the groceries and then coach it? Yeah, I think that you need a guy who's going to be your GM, even if you have final say. And if you look around the league, and I'll tell you, I mean, it's not just uh, Bill Belichick and Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien might have had the title, but Pete Carroll has final say. You know, Andy Reid has final say. Kyle Shanahan has final say. Obviously, Sean Payton has final say. There are a number of guys that have final say and deserve it uh, over personnel. But they have GMs who are grinding away constantly. Not that the Texans don't. They've got a full personnel department. You know, Jack Easterby has been a big help to Bill O'Brien in a variety of ways, uh, but I still think it's tough, and I think that Bill made some really interesting moves. I mean, Hopkins, they couldn't pay him and keep him happy uh, and pay everybody else at the same time, they determined, and they traded him. Now, uh, I guess, you know, you can make that argument that that needed to be done because of those reasons. You know, you couldn't pay Larry Me Tunsil, Deshaun Watson, and DeAndre Hopkins on your offense. It probably wasn't going to happen. But what did they get back in return? And I think that was always a, a real sore subject with the fan base and the media uh, that they got a second rounder and David Johnson, basically, for DeAndre Hopkins. And, you know, that is one of the elite receivers in the game. And here's the other thing. Opening 0-4 doesn't help with the offense really struggling. Mm-hmm. I mean, throwing for a bunch of yards, but you know, you don't have Hopkins, who's such a clutch player. You need that big first down at the end of the game or to keep a drive going for a late scoring opportunity. He's your man. He's like a basketball player who gets a big bucket late in the game when you need it. So I think those things affected this team's performance and led to Bill O'Brien's dismissal. Deshaun Watson's QBR is 57.3. What have you been seeing in him, Mark? Well, he's not getting rid of the ball quickly enough in many instances, but he's still making a lot of plays. So I think that, you know, you're looking at one of the best quarterbacks in the league, no question about it. And I think here's another thing. You know, Bill O'Brien turns the offense over, or a big chunk of it, to Tim Kelly, who was with him at Penn State. Uh, And I think Tim Kelly is going to be a talented offensive coordinator. But for whatever reason, it just wasn't working. It wasn't clicking with Watson. I think that, you know, he was looking around a bit. Maybe there weren't open guys to throw to. Maybe there were, and he wasn't seeing them. But the end result is, if he's not doing the job well enough, or if the offense isn't performing to the level you need it, it goes right to the top man, you know, especially after you make all these moves. I know the schedule's been absolutely brutal for the Texans, there's no doubt, but they still should be finding ways to move the ball, especially with a defense that needs development. I mean, the defense clearly needed to come around, and they've been a slow starting defense in the O'Brien era, but they've had some good defenses. I mean, they've been number one in the league during this time. In 2016, they were that way with Watt exiting the field in, in week three uh, with a season-ending injury. So uh, they, they, you know, there are a million different things that go into it, as you know, Steve, but I think ultimately the offense performing poorly, Watson not living up to his potential right now in year four, uh, that all factored in, and that's another reason why they're going in another direction. And Tim Kelly, of course, was a grad assistant for uh, for Bill here at Penn State. Remember him distinctly working with the guys on the line. 
so Romeo Cornell takes over, and Romeo Cornell has been in this spot before where he's had to step in as an interim and has done a really good job. Uh, sometimes an interim guy inspires confidence from other people. What kind of confidence does he inspire, especially from uh, the Texans' defensive guys? Well, I think everybody loves him, and everybody respects him. And he's one of the great defensive coordinators in the history of the game. I mean, he really is. I mean, the facts are the facts. Uh, he's super creative. And I think they have a good defensive coordinator right now, Anthony Weaver. So the combination is going to help. Uh, and I, I believe the offense, with Kelly being free of O'Brien, he doesn't have to run things by him. He can just do what he wants. Whether it works or not, we'll see. Uh, but I believe that will kind of help to a degree. You know, very often when you have – a disciplinarian-type head coach, which really isn't the the best way to describe O'Brien, but it's one way to describe him. And then yeah. you sort of you know take your foot off the gas a bit from that leadership standpoint. You know, very often the team can sort of fly. Like I was at Miami when Butch Davis left, and then Larry right. Poker took over, and the team took off. And I think that you might see something similar here this year, and who knows how long that lasts. You know, it's interesting because you said that about Bill. I agree with you. I mean, I think people think he's a hard-nosed display. Nah, that's that's not quite how to describe Bill. Uh, and you and I know because we, we've been around him enough. Uh, so now let's talk about what's next here. I mean, you're trying to break mm-hmm. through. I'm sure it did not help that Minnesota had a short week to work with because of circumstances and the Texans still couldn't win. Uh, they got the Jaguars next. Uh, so right. what can they do to get themselves back into this thing? Well, I think with uh, – I'm sorry, my computer's ringing here. No, I, but I, think th- with, I hear it. With, yeah, I know. With the Jaguars, what you're looking at is a team that can put up a lot of points, and that's a problem for the Texans' defense because they have not been able to stop people. Uh, Minnesota was really good run of the football coming in, and they still ran it for a lot of yards. Dalvin Cook is a really talented running back. Jacksonville yeah. has Robinson, this rookie who's you know running like crazy. Gardner Minshew – he gave the Texans fits last year because it was a very close game, a one-point game. The Jags had a two-point conversion attempt for the win. They could have kicked it and tied it, gone to overtime. They decided to go for the win right there. Leonard Fournette got stuffed at the line. This is the kind of game the Jags can give you. You know, everybody in the division knows you should never overlook the Jaguars. It's just one of those teams, and teams in your division are never scared of you. So this is going to be a tough one. They're dying for a win. We're dying for a win. We'll see how it goes. And, you know, it's just going to be very strange to call a game not involving Bill O'Brien. I mean, I have a lot of respect for the guy. He's done a ton, like you mentioned, for this organization. We've never enjoyed this kind of consistent winning and postseason appearances. I mean, my goodness, I don't take that for granted. Just like you don't take winning seasons for granted and bowl appearances. I don't take winning seasons and playoff appearances for granted. We've We've never won a Super Bowl, but my goodness, we've had some success. One final question, then I'll let you go, Mark, because I know you have something else you have to get to, and I really appreciate your time a oh, lot. Okay. There, when when you look at certain programs, I'm do this. I'm going to do this from a college point of view, and I'll give you a a perfect college example. Jamie Dixon was at Pitt. He's now the head coach at his alma mater, TCU, and it got to the point where Jamie's winning, Jamie's winning, Jamie's winning, but then I'm in Pittsburgh, and I'm repeatedly hearing the complaint. Well, he can only get us a sweet 16. He can't get us any further. So the move comes where Jamie, with some encouragement, takes the TCU job. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out for Houston. But I sense there's some of that attitude there, like, well, Bill can't get us to the AFC championship. You know, Bill can't get us to the, 
You can only get us so far. Is that some? I'm not talking about you or the organization. I'm talking about the outside of the organization. Is that some of the feeling you get from fans? That that's it right there. I mean, you hit it. That's it in sports. Look, I did a game with Dave Odom once, and you know, I was lucky <laughs> enough to be at UMass, and we played him, and he was coach at Wake yeah. Forest. It was Tim Duncan and Marcus Canby, and yeah, I go back that far. Uh, but I did. I, did a broadcast with him once and we talked off the air and I said you know what is it about coaching and and needing to leave certain places he said after a while they get tired of your voice uh, the players do the fan base does the same sound bites whether you win or lose and they just want something fresh and you're not winning a championship and they just want it all and that's what happens in college in the NFL level look I was in Miami not doing Dolphins games I was with the Hurricanes but when they had Dave yeah. Wanstead Jimmy Johnson had left they were making the postseason almost every year but they just couldn't break through, and people there were livid. Well, how's it been since then? They've had two right. playoff appearances since the early O's. How does that taste? You know what I mean? Sometimes you just have to t- understand that you, just getting there, it, I'm not saying it's enough, but you have no shot to win a championship if you don't consistently get to the postseason. Eventually you're going to break through. The Texans almost did it last year. It didn't happen. Uh, and I'm not saying they should have stuck with Billy O because, look, maybe, maybe it's true. You know, I think the fans here were kind of getting tired of it or whatever, uh, and they, they wanted something different. And, yeah, be careful what you ask for because you might not have that level of success you did. And I think – I hope everybody understands that because it's hard to win at any level. You know, it's hard to get to the postseason. So I'm just hoping they can get back soon enough. Well, I'll go back to what you said originally in that first part of that statement in the last question. The Texans fans absolutely are not tired of your voice. You're doing great work, Mark, as always. Thank you so much for your time today. Well, Steve, it's always a thrill to be on with you. I love it. I'm giddy about it, so I appreciate you having me on. Hey, thank you, Mark. You're the best. Appreciate you, buddy. All right, thanks. Take care. Mark Vandermeer, the play-by-play voice of the Houston Texans. Final half hour, we're going to go to Nashville. We're going to talk about the Titans. Davenport's going to join us on the show. Talk about the Titans situation. And they've had two consecutive days of negative tests. Um, see, this COVID testing, negative, positive, has, has really thrown the suit really off. We've tried to tell him negative was good. Right? It's the first time in his life he's had to think that way. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go with that, sure. <laughs> That's our guy. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Yeah, Eddie Van Halen was 65 years old. He passed away today. Wow. So, yeah. 65 years old. Eddie Van Halen. All right. So, uh, they're going to do cardboard cutouts in the stadium. You can buy one. You can buy it for $85. portion of the proceeds goes to Thon and also to diversity programs at Penn State, which is great. And so you can put a cardboard cutout of yourself there. Um, they have some restrictions. Uh, one of them is because 
Well, let's be honest, but you're not allowed to have the you know, a picture of the suit there. <laughs> what? I read that same thing. I, you know. Thought I'm, that I'm was just, odd. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I'm just, you know. I think you have to make certain decisions that are important. I, I, I give them credit. <laughs> no? So, yeah, you can do that. So you to put some cardboard cutouts there, and that's what it's going to be. You know, they'll be doing some other virtual stuff on the scoreboard and so forth. And, you know, they're going to try and make it as as fun an experience as possible and see if you can get involved with it, too. So, I think uh, that'll be important. So, other places have made it work, and these guys are going to make it work. So, yeah. It's all part of it. They're also, yes, there is booth cam, by the way. No way. Yeah. Now, that I'm looking yeah. forward to because the Eagles, for the last <laughs> couple of years, have always done Merrill Cam, and it's the greatest thing ever. So I would love to see a Steve Cam. They asked, they asked Jack and me about it, and we both said, I'll tell you exactly, the two of us said, why? <laughs> Seriously, Jack and I were like, what? It's just fun to see the experience and why? see what you guys look like when you're calling like a big play or something like that. I don't know. I always thought it was fun. The two of us like, why? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Look, I know that we... <laughs> I know we take a different approach on some things that maybe some other people do in this business, but there was like, really? <laughs> we don't, we don't find We don't find ourselves that interesting. <laughs> find the game interesting, but they're going to do it. So, they're going to do it. I think the last thing they thought they had to explain to two people was why they were going to do it. We were like, why? And there's there a lot of stuttering, like, well, uh, uh, well, we think. I'm like, <laughs> what? I think it's going to be fun. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Three and a half minutes, you'll be bored. That's it? <laughs> That's all they do? <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hey, your team won last night. Yeah, they did. They look, they look good doing it. Now they're going to throw some youngster out there tonight. Which is a stupid decision, but we'll see how it goes. Well, you never know. You don't know. I'm just asking a lot for the kid. And now, listen, the kid's done okay. Debbie Garcia, I'm talking about. They, they bring 1971. The Pirates bring out of the bullpen in the first ever night World Series game a guy named Bruce Keeson. Right? Young, green, the whole thing. He pitched great. You just don't know. You don't know. The good thing is, if it doesn't go well, the bullpen is well rested from a good start from Garrett Cole last night. Well, a fairly decent start from Garrett Cole. I don't know if Cole's fine. I mean, he wasn't great, but he's good. They still got to fix the home run issues, but Yankees responded, so there's that. 
And Petco's not the easiest park in the uh, majors to hit home runs in. Absolutely. I was surprised by how many were hit last night. Now, Fernando Tatis and Manny Machado and Will Myers certainly hit their share. All right, we're going to find out what's going on with the Titans. Um, I may not know a lot about the game, but I thought the Patriots missed Cam Newton last night. Just my thought. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. But as I pointed out yesterday, you know how many games in my career I've done where guys have missed games because of illness and how many games I've done in my career where some guys have missed multiple games because of illness? Okay, you hate to put it this way, but it happens. And nobody came up to Penn State and said, hey, maybe we ought to move the game. No. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great pre-owned inventory. Fabulous service department, great deals to be had. Best time of the year to deals now at Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. All right, couple notes for you. Travis Darno, former Williamsport crosscutter, three-run homer to put the Braves in front 7-4. to four. That drove in Marcelo Suna, among others. And yes, Marcelo Suna, who's the big, along with Ronald Acuna Jr., the big power hitters in the lineup uh, for Atlanta, Freddie Freeman as well. But Marcelo Suna, he played up at Bowman Field. And also at, uh, he played up at uh, over here at the Medler Field, Lebrano Park, because he was with Jamestown 10 years ago. These are guys that you all saw. It's you know, it's like this is what Major League Baseball doesn't get. You know, I don't, okay, Rob Manfred doesn't get this part. Okay, Travis Darno spent a full summer in Williamsport. He just hit a three-run homer. You've got all these people in Williamsport connected to him. Marcelo Suna, yeah, he played in Jamestown, but we saw him. He played in the ball. He played at Williamsport. He played in State College. Played a full season, by the way. Played a full season. So it wasn't one of those, hey, in for 10 games and gone. I remember Gregory Polanco had a, was with State College. He actually did play a game at Williamsport. But, but these are the connections that baseball has made. You don't think those fans up in Williamsport right now are thrilled? They may not be Braves fans, but they're Travis Darno fans. Oh, just they don't understand the marketing of it. They don't understand their own marketing. Oh, it's just maddening to see what they're trying to do. It's maddening. They were connected to all these towns across the country and continue to be. You're trying to grow the game. You're not trying to stunt it. And they're doing it so they can save. I mean, you want to save some money. I can give you a list of guys that shouldn't be getting the contracts that they have. You want to save money? And then there's this note. 
from Dud Bergson. I think Beaver Stadium should have full cardboard cutouts of the suit. That would definitely influence all the Ohio State players when they play in Happy Valley. All right. I have to say, I've got to give the Duggar credit. He has a point. Justin Fields jogs out onto the field and sees that. And for the next three hours, thrown completely off his game. I just couldn't get it out of my mind. <laughs> and then cover it with the Chick-fil-A banner. Then you go, you can make some money off it, too. You can't do that. You're not allowed to. And by the way, he thinks announcer cam is perfect. We need an announcer cam on Doug, too. i got to propose that over to Oh, Doug my, would be great. Doug would be great. And then we get one for uh, um, for the Chief. Yes, totally. Just one. <laughs> Goes back to my point about the cardboard cutouts of the stadium. No oh, God! No God! No God! The best reaction I ever heard was when we played that for Nathan Davis. That was pretty classic. (laughs) All right. Jerron Davenport joins us from Nashville now. Let's get into the situation with the Tennessee Titans. Welcome. It's great to have you with us. Thanks so much for your time. Hey, appreciate you guys having me on. All right, let's start with this. What went wrong? Does anybody really know yet? Yeah, no one really knows what went wrong, but... There is speculation as to how early symptoms were reported as far as the outside linebackers coach, Shane Bowen, is concerned. And there are some other issues as far as possible not having the mask on at all times. But it's really just all up in the air. And Mike Rabel spoke today. He said that they expect to hear back from from the NFL at some point, but he maintains that they followed all protocols, specifically the 100 memos they sent verbatim. Okay. Uh, And by the way, one of them is former Penn State Nittany Lion Daquan Jones. He was one of those who was in the original group. Uh, Yes, sir. So, uh, when they've gone negative the last couple of days, is there a feeling, even though obviously it's part of the guessing game, that they may have turned the corner? I think there is. There's a lot of hope. Uh, Mike Rabel said he's excited that they got good news today. He's hoping for good news tomorrow. They typically get their their news at 4:30 a.m. He said, and he he said there's there's a lot of speculation, but they haven't been approved to go back in the building. But he's definitely looking at some of the plans and procedures how they could manage, you know, getting back in there and and starting to prepare for the uh, Bills this weekend. All right, so let's take the other part, though. You may not be, have to go go in the building, but it doesn't mean that Ryan Tannehill can't take a group of wideouts and go out to a high school and throw around. Did they do any of that? It actually does mean the procedures prohibit any in-person meetings. So Tannehill can't call up Jonu Smith and A.J. Brown and, and, and go to the field and throw. That, that's not possible for them. So they have to be isolated wow. as this process is, is sorted through. That's amazing. All right, so to this point, the Titans have played really well. Uh, how much concern is there that what has happened here, especially having no contact, no practice, is there a concern that 
like they get derailed a bit by this. They don't have any concern about that. And just like uh, Mike Tomlin, Mike Rabel is a guy that will not accept excuses. He won't make excuses. And they really are all things full steam ahead. And that's how they're looking at it. He said that the guys that he's met with, uh, you know, as a team, virtually, they did that yesterday and today. They're in a really good mental place. He said that they've been intentional in their meetings and engaged. So they're ready to go, and he would not accept any hint of it being a competitive disadvantage or anything like that. So it all is going to really come out on on Sunday if they play the Bills, and I think that's just what he's focused on, and and they don't feel that it's going to – you know, derail the train at all. Right. Okay. So now let's get, I want to get to Ryan Tannehill for a moment. He'd been mostly a wide receiver in college. And then the, finally they moved him to quarterback and he ends up being a first round pick by the Dolphins. The Dolphin thing is very much an up and down deal. Why so much better with Tennessee? What is it about his development, his maturity, and maybe the system? Yeah, I think it's the system. A part of it is his maturity. I, I think when you look at, what he been he was through with the Dolphins being the golden child and then having that fall from grace, it, it was probably a very humbling experience. And I, I liken it to a boxer, you know, in, in the 12th round. He's challenging the, the, the champ for the title, and there's a minute left. What's he going to start doing? Haymakers and everything because he knows you got to knock the champ out to beat him. And I think that's what Ryan Tannehill started to do you saw him take shots down the field. He played with a lot of confidence. He was very decisive with the football. He was commanding in the huddle. The guys believed in him. And one of the things that really goes underrated when you're talking about professional athletics is the, the mental part of it. Yeah. And this is a guy that really just – he gained confidence just from having that I-don't-care attitude and that allowed him to take more risk with the ball, take more shots and do some of the things. And with that, you know, the confidence that other players had in him and the coaching staff definitely helped. And that's another thing. Arthur Smith has been a really good play caller for him. Tannehill has actually said that Smith is the most open and most willing to work with you play caller he's ever had. And you definitely see that in different things. So I think all of those things wrapped into one has definitely helped him become a much better quarterback. And I think you're seeing a different guy from what you saw in Miami from a mindset, from a play, from a standpoint, from a swagger. Everything is different. There's the other part, too. If you want to go play action, it's far more effective when that play action fake is to Derrick Henry compared to what he had in Miami. Oh, without a doubt. When you have 22 in the backfield, that definitely helps a lot. And you saw his percentage. It went from 70% to 79% as far as completions are concerned. And he went from 9.6 yards per completion to around 13. So there was definitely a clear difference. And when you have that play action and you can move those linebackers and that opens up space, it definitely makes things a lot easier. And even just still have to have that that downfield accuracy. And you look at some of the throws he made in that Vikings game specifically, there were beautiful shots down the field. What kind of difference has Mike Vrabel uh, meant to the defensive attitude on that team? Uh, I think really the, the difference is, is just a more disciplined team. 
but that's not really been the case this year, especially the the last two games. But he gives them just that edge, just that that um, how can I say it? That you always know a Mike Vrabel team is going to be tough, and you always know they're going to be conditioned. So if there's anything, that's the difference that he's made, and I think you really see that in Jeffrey Simmons when when he's playing. He's a guy. It's funny. Uh, he was clocked at 18 miles an hour in in uh, week two, you know. And for a guy that's 305 pounds to to do that is is that's pretty good, you know. So I think that's kind of an example of just the hustle that they're they're preaching and, and that the players have to uh, undergo. Yeah. Uh, also, what did it do for the confidence of everybody that they made it as far as they did last year to then set this year up? I think it showed them that they're capable, and it, it showed that it, it was just verification, really. But the thing is, to a man, when you ask them about last year, they want to forget about it because it was it's a bitter taste. You know, they felt like they should have went all the way to the Super Bowl and won it. So bringing that up with them, it it, it definitely uh, you know brings up a bad taste. But I really think that that ride it, it's. I've been there, done that now. So this year, if they make the playoffs, you can't say, hey, you know what, this is a group of guys that never been there. They don't know what it takes to, to win in the playoffs. They did it, and they did it in some tough places, going to New England, ending Brady and the Patriots relationship, and then going to, to Baltimore right. and ending a, a fabulous season for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. All right, so the matchup with Buffalo. The Bills have... Uh... They're off to a four zero start. So, how do you view this matchup? It's just—it's <laughs> almost like two mirror teams, to be honest with you, because both teams are scoring a lot of points, and they're known for really solid defenses. But the defenses aren't playing that well. So, I, I think it's—it's just—it's—it's it's like that Spider-Man meme when, when you know one <laughs> Spider-Man is pointing at the other. <laughs> That's really what it seems like to me, you know, and I think it's going to be a great matchup. Uh, the Titans obviously will probably be shorthanded some, you know, with, with some of these guys on the COVID reserve list. Yeah. But it is what it is. You still got to play ball. It's going to be a tough football game, a physical one. And that's really what you get every time these teams play. The last two years that they've, they've faced each other, it was low scoring down to the wire. And I expect – pretty much the same thing, even though Josh Allen is playing out of his mind right now. I still think it's going to be a close game. Is there any, just back, I want to circle back on the final question to the COVID deal for a moment. Is there any concern within the, the NFL is investigating. Is there any concern in the Titans organization about any of that? You know, because you said, Mike Vrabel said, look, we've been strict, we've followed everything and so forth, but is there any internal concern? Like, okay, let's see how this turns out. No, there's no concern. When he was asked about that, he said, "We we've talked with the league, they've talked with us. The conclusions have have, have been met, and, and everything has been investigated. We shared everything with them, and we are confident that we didn't violate protocols or procedures." So, unless he's really good at acting, <laughs> Mike Vrabel <laughs> seems to be very confident that they'll be they'll be fine. What's it been like for you covering this team? It's been awesome. It's been awesome. You know, I covered the the 49ers, Ravens, and Eagles before I got here. Uh, this is a much smaller market, but I enjoy it. It's it's been great. Uh, the fans are, are very 
Uh, like they have that that little brother mindset, you, you know, where it's like yeah. you're gonna respect me, and, and I, I love that from them and the passion. It's been great, and the guys in the locker room are really good. The PR team is, is awesome. I've had nothing but a, a great experience, and uh, I plan to stay here for a while. Well, good. We're glad we get you on today. That was that was great. Really enjoyed it, Teron, very much. And thanks for all the great information. No problem. Anytime. You guys take it easy. You- Teron Davenport joining us from Nashville, covering the Tennessee Titans, who are scheduled to play this weekend. Eagles and Steelers play this weekend, but at Heinz Field, I say hand out 7,500 terrible towels and have some fun with it. Big Ten uh, Conference and hockey will begin as soon as November 13th. It's going to be a 24-game conference schedule, plus an additional four games for each school against Arizona State that will be hosted at Big Ten venues. And the 2021 schedule will conclude March 18th through the 20th with the Big Ten Men's Ice Hockey Tournament. So that's what they're going to do. They're going to start on the 13th of November. 24 conference games. And then each team will get four games against Arizona State. So Arizona State's going to be traveling all over the Midwest. All right, we'll wrap it up in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mirth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC SMCWay is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC Way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Eddie Van Halen was 65. Oh, David Lee Roth would be in there too, right? A little jump. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. The other point, too, that uh, Doug Birdsong made about the suit cardboard cutouts for Ohio State, um, keep in mind that's on Halloween, so it would fit with a theme. It's <laughs> so true. Actually, I made the point to Doug. I just thought I'd... <laughs> <laughs> Once again, you are quick. It just fits with the theme. I'm... <laughs> this show's the worst on the radio. It's awful. That's why Sugar Lemmy Football wins awards. The show gets nothing. <laughs> All right. The uh, Braves are up 9-4. to four. 
over the Miami Marlins, game one of that series, game one for the National League. Uh, meanwhile, the American League, the Yankees will play Tampa Bay tonight. It's now 9-5, Braves top of the eighth inning. Uh, Mike Clevenger, by the way, will start for San Diego tonight. Uh, Houston and the A's scoreless in the top of the second. Yankees and Rays at 810. That's on TBS. Padres, Dodgers on Fox Sports 1. That will be at uh, 938 tonight. Yankees and Rays will be at 810. The Yankees will be starting uh, Davey Garcia tonight. Tyler Glass now, former State College Spike, will be on the mound for the Tampa Bay Rays. Garcia this year, a 1-2 record with a 5.23 ERA. So there you go. It's actually good in his last start against Miami. He went 6-2 and thirds, 7 hits, 4 runs, all earned, struck out 7, walked 1. Not bad. Against the Red Sox, he got bombed. Like they couldn't wait for him to show up. I mean, you're already pacing. <laughs> you're already pacing. You know, four point nine eight ERA. I mean, you know, the heck. Yeah, I, I just think it's a tough spot for him, but we'll see. The offense keeps the bats going, then should pick him up. Well, they're going to see some heat tonight. I know they're a good fastball hitting team, but they're going to see some heat tonight. In the last four starts for Tyler Glass now, last four starts, he has 33 strikeouts and only five walks. When you're nearly 7-to-1 strikeout-to-walk ratio, it's pretty good. Twenty-two strikeouts and seven walks against the Yankees this year, but they've gotten it to him. They've, he's given up six runs in fourteen and a third against the Yankees. Now they have his home record on here. They're pitching in San Diego. Take that off, okay? <laughs> it's, it's neutral as neutral gets. He only gave up forty-three hits and fifty-seven and a third innings this year. Not bad. So that's the matchup tonight. The kid, Davey Garcia, against the former State College Spike, Tyler Glass now.